نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد. Continuing with the discussion yesterday, we're talking about wills, the importance of having a will came in by the way, and sometimes this can be farz, this can be compulsory depending on the situation that a person has to have a will. The hadith that we quoted, Nabi Sallallahu says that it is not proper for a person to spend two nights without his will having been written. Abdullah bin Umar after this hadith of Nabi Sallallahu after having heard it, so this was the jazbah, this was the zeal of the Sahaba Ikram to practice on whatever they learned. So he says that ever since I heard this, there has never been a night. Ma bittu laylatan. The hadith states that you shouldn't spend two nights in this manner, that two nights have gone by and that will is still not yet written. He says, Ma bittu laylatan. I never spent even one night thereafter. Illa wasiyati indi mawdu'atun. But that my will was at my side. I slept, it was somewhere right there. So that if I passed away, anybody could have access to it and know exactly what my position is and what the details are. So, this is something very important. So as we stated yesterday, that if a person has things which he has to state, which others won't know about, like for instance, debts, apart from day-to-day -day business debts which are recorded, which are the information of which is available. Apart from that, if these debts would not be recorded, it would not be known. So it's necessary to have this recorded. If it's not in the will proper, then a document attached to the will that this is somebody is paying off so much every month, he's ticking it off. So whatever he is owing, what people are owing him, both things need to be recorded therein. Likewise, he has some amanats of people in his possession. Sometimes it's a long-term thing. So he should have this written somewhere. Otherwise, the same thing could happen. Somebody comes to claim their amanat, and the house people say, we had no idea this belonged to you. It was here for so long, he never mentioned anything. What's the proof it belongs to you? Now that becomes a problem. And we would become responsible for having ended up with somebody else's things in our estate. Because we didn't record it clearly, we didn't state the facts. Likewise, these, these are hukukul ibad. If they are undischarged, unfulfilled hukukullah, the rights of Allah Ta'ala. If the rights of Allah Ta'ala are undischarged, just, just as this is a debt, this is also a debt. And this also has to be fulfilled. And if there is no chance of it getting done overnight, it's a long-term thing, like a person has many fasts left over, so now it's going to take him time to fulfill that. He's got many salah left over. He didn't perform his salah maybe in his young days. Now the realization came. So now he's performing it, but the qazaz, that's still a debt. That has to be fulfilled. This is something which is necessary. The qaza of salah is compulsory. Unfortunately, many a person is in this misconception that, well, from the time I started performing my salah, everything is fine. Whatever I missed in the past... It is all over. That is not over, that is a debt. So sometimes, nowadays we get these kind of questions that show me in the Qur'an Sharif, that where is it mentioned that the qaza of the salah is compulsory? The issue is, 
especially with regards to the qaza of the salah. This is a little bit of a different topic. We're just digressing. Nevertheless, whatever is of importance, Allah Ta'ala make it happen. The issue is in terms of qaza, nowhere in the hadith sharif also, you will find even the mention of that a person deliberately misses his salah, then he must make qaza. That is not mentioned in the Quran Sharif, is not mentioned in the Hadith Sharif also. That if a person deliberately misses his salah, he must make qaza. So now the question comes that if that is not even in the Hadith Sharif, then where does this qaza come from? Because what's in the Hadith Sharif is that man taraka salatan muta'ammidan faqad kafar. What is mentioned in the Hadith Sharif is the person who deliberately misses his salah, deliberately. Deliberately misses his salah, faqad kafara. The literal translation of this is that he has committed kufr. So that is what is in the Hadith Sharif. That the person deliberately missing his salah has committed kufr. The Buhaddisin, the Fuqaha will explain to us that what this refers to is that this is an act which a person who is without iman is only expected to do something like this. But it doesn't necessarily mean that a person who has missed his salah has gone into kufr. Provided that he has not negated the compulsion of salah. He doesn't say that, no, I don't believe now in salah. Or missing salah is not a sin. And that will really become kufr. But he regards it, what I did was wrong. He regards it as a sin. That won't take him into kufr. But in the time of Nabi Wasallam, this was something that never happened from a true believer. It was only the munafiq. That a munafiq would try to duck and dive. Okay, it's Isha time, it's dark. Nobody would know if I was there or not. So fine, he won't go. Because he's a munafiq. He's just putting an outward pretense of iman. He doesn't have iman in his heart. So in that zamana, in that time and era, that was a sign of kufr. That a person, it was seen that he deliberately missed his salah. It can only be due to kufr. Not that it itself was an act of kufr. But it could only have been due to kufr that he deliberately missed his salah. So that is not found anywhere. But what is found in the hadith sharif is that man nam an salatin aw nasiyaha fal yusalliha idha dhakaraha. That this was possible, it happened even to Nabi Islam on one occasion where on a, they were on a journey, it was late, after a strenuous journey, late at night they reached. The first thing Nabi Islam did was, among other things, who is going to wake us up for Fajr? Allah Ta'ala made this happen so that the Ummad learns what is the thing to be done. So in any case, Bilal radiallahu said, I will be staying awake and I will wake everybody up for Fajr. So Bilal radiallahu continued with his Salah. Everybody went to take a rest of the lengthy journey, journeys of those times. And Nabi Islam performed a few rakats, he also went to rest. It was close to, not far off from dawn, Subah Sadiq. Any case now he is waiting now, just now will be Subah Sadiq. He'll see the light breaking and he'll wake everybody up. So just at that time he decided to come and lean against some wagon or something and look in the direction of the horizon. Just now he will see the light coming through, the dawn breaking. And he will wake everybody up. He was tired as well. As he leant to now wait for this last moments, few minutes left. And before he knew it, he was fast asleep already. And it was only when the rays of the sun had already risen and come on to the 
Mubarak face of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that he woke up with a shock and he shouted for Bilal radiallahu anh, what happened? So he replied, he also got a shock and woke up. He says, that being who held my life, who held your life, held my life. That This was not deliberate. All the effort was made to make sure that I remain awake. But just by chance, I went to lean and just look at the horizon and before I knew it, I fell asleep. So in any case, Nabi Islam then gathered the Sahaba Ikram. He first told them, move away from this spot. This is another very big lesson. He first moved everybody away from there. They moved on ahead. Says that is a place where shaitan has left his effect. Now can we imagine, this is a group of sahaba ikram, with them is the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. And after all the arrangements were made, and totally by chance, without anything deliberate, the salah was missed. So this is something totally forgiven, there is no sin incurred at all. But Nabi Islam is saying, this too is where shaitan has left his effect. He won't stay here anymore now, move immediately. So what will be the case of that place, that home, that room, where namaz is missed one after the other deliberately? So what kind of effects of shaitan will be in there? So this is something very, very important to take note of and very serious. Allah's Nabi Islam is present, the Sahaba Kiram are present, and they missed the salah totally by chance. There was no deliberate missing of that salah. And to the point where there is no sin involved. Yet Nabi Islam says, that is the place of shaitan's effect, move away from there. Any case, then he gathered them, and they performed their qaza. Nabi Islam says, that man nama an salatin aw nasiyaha, the person who overslept by chance, he made the arrangements that something didn't, alarm didn't ring, whatever happened, Oh, he totally forgot. He thought it's still time. Before he realized it, the time was out. So the point is that there was no deliberate missing of that salah. That was possible in that time also. That could have happened. Insan is insan. So what should he do now? So now that he missed it by chance, he overslept or he forgot. فَلْيُسَلِّهَا إِذَا ذَكَرَهَا He must now perform it as soon as he realizes that he missed it. He woke up. But not immediately perform his salah. He realized that I missed the time went out, he must still perform it. So when he missed it by chance, he has to perform it. If he missed it deliberately, then obviously to a greater extent this will apply. It's like a person says that by mistake, if I cause some damage to your vehicle, well obviously I'll have to pay you. But if I did it deliberately, then that's I did it deliberately, you go do your own thing. Obviously, if I did it deliberately, it's worse. I'll have to pay the damage to a greater extent. One woman came and she said to Nabi Wasallam that my father is, Hajj is compulsory on him and now he's too old. He can't fulfill it. Must I perform the Hajj on his behalf? So, Nabi Wasallam asked her that if there was a debt on your father, would you fulfill it if he could not pay it? So she said, yes. So he said, فَدَيْنُ اللَّهِ يُخْضَى The debt of Allah Ta'ala is more worthy of being paid. So go and discharge this obligation. Go and make the hajj on his behalf, hajj badal. Now because that is a monetary ibadat as well, there's a monetary factor in it. So that somebody else can discharge it on his behalf. But where there is no monetary factor, it's merely a physical ibadat, like salah. Somebody else can't perform the salah on his behalf. Either he'll perform it, 
or then the fidya will have to be given if it was too late and he passed away, then he has to make this wasiyat. This is where the point came, that if these hukukullah are left over, he hasn't fulfilled his salah, now for years, so now he's making the qaza, so he must make some note of it. I'm making so many qaza per day, so many are left over, so many are making per day, and he's got that record. Or some weekly update he's putting in there. So if he suddenly passes away, people know what is going on, and he must make a wasiyat. That for the balance, whatever is left over, this much of fidya must be given. Or the fidya of it must be discharged. This is something inshallah will compensate for that. But the priority is he must start making the qaza immediately. Or his hajj was compulsory on him. He did not go for hajj yet. So now he must make a wasiyat. If I pass away, then this hajj must be performed on my behalf. From my wealth. That will be discharged from a maximum of one third of the total estate. So in this ayat where Allah Ta'ala speaks about, Mimba'di wasiyatin, tusuna biha awdain, that these distributions will take place, these proportions will be given. Mimba'di wasiyatin after the bequest. Whatever bequest you have made. Now one bequest is of this nature. The bequest of Hukukullah and Hukukul Ibad. That all this must be discharged. So Dain, Dain is already included separately, is mentioned here rather. The debts, debts will be paid out as a priority. When a person passes away, the first thing is that his funeral expenses are taken care of from his wealth. But without any kind of unnecessary expenditure. What is basic necessary expenditure for the fulfillment of that funeral expenses, that will be taken care of. Anything beyond that, entertaining people, meaning in the sense of feeding them, this is not part of the funeral. Rather, it is unfortunately, things have turned the other way around. When the Hadith Sharif, it is mentioned once, when Abdullah bin Jafar passed away, Nabi Wasallam then encouraged others that even take care of the, seeing to the food, etc. of his family, because they are now in a state of grief. They don't have the mind, the ability, the emotional state right now to be worrying about these things. So Nabi Islam took the burden away from the family of the bereaved, took the concern away from the family of the bereaved, that now they have to eat also the insan still. Whatever their grief is, whatever their loss is, they are still insan, they still have to eat, they still have to survive, they still have to live. So in the state of grief, Nabi Islam took this concern away from them. Meaning as a lesson to everybody, take the concern of that family away for the next three days at least. For the three days. That others are taking care of that need. Unfortunately, now the whole thing is turned the other way around. Forget taking their concern away. They have to have the concern of the whole community now. Everybody is coming there to have their meals. Now they must worry about feeding everybody else, whereas even their own meals were supposed to have been somebody else's concern. So this is going against the whole spirit of Shariat. The whole spirit of the Sunnah of Rasulullah So, the minimum requirements in terms of the burial expenses, that will be paid out first. Then the debts will be paid out. This is the priority. Many a times people start distributing their estate, but the debts are left unsettled. When the debts are left unsettled, the person who has passed away, his entry into Jannat is being withheld. Once one Sahabi passed away, Nabi Islam inquired that does he have any debts? He said, yes, he has any debts. 
has he left any money behind to pay those debts? They said, no, he has nothing. So Nabi Islam said, Sallu ala sahibikum. You all go ahead and perform the salah. I'm not being part of this janazah salah also. Can we imagine Nabi Islam is present, he is right there, he's saying if he has debts on him and he hasn't left arrangements to pay those debts, then I'm not being part of this janazah salah. Abu Qatada radiallahu says that, Ya Nabi Allah, this is on me now. I have taken the responsibility. Anybody is owing anything to must come take it from me. Now Nabi Islam comes because now the debt is taken care of. Nabi Islam comes and now he performs the janazah salah. Can we imagine how delicate this issue is? So, if a person has debts on him, he should have the arrangements to pay it, make the wasiyat otherwise, and the heirs are duty bound that the priority is to settle the debts. If the whole estate goes away in settling the debts, not one cent remains, that will be done as a priority. If not one cent remains, all the debts get paid and not one cent remains, that will get paid first. If there's still something left over, then it is not their obligation. The deceased is still responsible. If the whole estate got used up and spent in fulfilling the debts, but the debts are still not fulfilled, there's still debts left over, then though the heirs are not obligated to pay the balance, but it is their goodwill for the mayyid, for the deceased, for their father, for whoever has passed away, that if from their own side they can pay it, well and good. If they don't, it will remain unfulfilled and will be now settled on the day of Qiyamah. So, a person in dunya, some things can get delayed, some things can get unpaid and get left like that, but never in the akhirat. The akhirat, nothing will get left unpaid. The akhirat, everything will get settled. So rather it gets settled here in dunya. Nabi Wasallam, it is towards the latter part of his life. One day he comes into the member and he gives a khutbah. Then he says, look, if anybody I am owing anything to, take it from me today, before tomorrow, before the day of Qiyamah. If anybody I have hurt in any way, come and take the revenge now. Can we imagine? Allah's Nabi Wasallam, he's saying, come and take the revenge now. I don't want to leave anything for the day of Qiyamah. This was obviously there was nothing. One Sahabi comes up nevertheless. He says, O oh, Nabi of Allah, one day you hit me on my back. I had done nothing. You hit. Obviously it might have been something in a kind of uh, gesture of friendship or something. Like sometimes friends. He just said, so Nabi Salaam said, well come, take your revenge. So he comes and he says, but my back was open at that time. You have your upper sheet. So Nabi Islam removed his sheet. But when he did this, the Sahabi merely embraced him and he says, all I wanted was this opportunity. I wanted this barakat only. What revenge am I going to take? There was no revenge. It was just an, an, an excuse to take this opportunity. But the lesson in this is that to what extent Nabi Islam went to give that opportunity. The opportunity of taking revenge against himself. Though that was not the intention of the person. But if he wanted it, Nabi Sallallahu was ready to give it. So what extent Nabi Sallallahu practically taught this lesson? That don't leave anything unfulfilled for the year after. Because then it will be a very big situation. Then to start paying off those debts on that day, as we repeatedly are mentioning, one dirham, 700 accepted salahs will go. 
So this will is to write down all these things that will get left undischarged if it's not recorded. If nobody will know about it, nobody will know what he's owing anybody, who's owing him, what amanats are in his possession, what qazas are left over, what he still has to fulfill in other hukukullah, hukukul ibad. So all these things need to be recorded. This is a fard will. This is something which is compulsory, obligatory. A person has these kind of things to record, then it will be compulsory for him to have his will. And in the hadith, Nabi Salaam says, hadith of Ibn Majah Sharif, Man mata ala wasiyyatin, mata ala sabilin, mata ala sunnatin. Person who passes away with his wasiyat in place, his will. And he has passed away on the clear straight path. Now his path to Jannat is straight inshallah. There won't be any ob- obstructions. And he's passed away having fulfilled the sunnah, the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And in the manner that he has adopted taqwa, the fear of Allah ta'ala. That all these things required that it be known. So the taqwa d- dictates this. That all this be recorded so that there is nothing left over undone after he passes away. Whatever needs to be done is done. So this is the compulsory will. If a person doesn't have anything of this nature to record, neither are there any hukukullah left over, neither are there any hukukul ibad left over, then though it is not compulsory, it is not obligatory on a person to write down a will. Because as we discussed, that in terms of the inheritance itself, then there is nothing to write. In terms of the inheritance, it is already pre-written by Allah Ta'ala. That part of the will is already in the Qur'an Sharif. That part of every believer's will is already in the Qur'an Sharif. And some details in the Ahadith. So there is nothing to write about that. So then it's not further obligatory. In fact, just one point on that note, that sometimes people write, this son must get this and that daughter must get that. That too is null and void. And sometimes somebody writes that certain person, certain heir, certain son or whatever is disinherited. These things people write. That he will not be sharing anything in my estate. He will be disinherited. Whatever the reasons are, sometimes there has been a major problem with that particular heir, whatever the case is. But writing that down in that will is not worth the paper is written on. To execute that will in that manner is haram. That person will become an automatic heir in the estate. Inheritance is not an optional thing. It's not something when it will be decided after the person's passing away that okay, who owns what. As soon as the person passed away, the heirs become automatic owners of that estate in their proportions. Whatever their shari proportions are, in their respective proportions, they become automatic owners. Normally a person becomes the owner of something after he's bought it, somebody gave him a gift, or some, some means of ownership. In inheritance, the person's demise is the means of the heirs becoming the owners. Without their choice. If they don't want it to, they become owners. Now what they decide to do with it after it is their prerogative. They have become the owners already. So that so-called disinherited heir has already become the owner of his share. What is written there is of no consequence. So these are, if there is nothing to write, then this is now sunnat. That a person still has a will. Inshallah we will discuss that further.